it was intentional that he touched her back while it was a consensual hug and she didn't want like skin to skin contact like that's not it's wrong but it's not like super assault right, right. like he's not like a super predator yeah, or anything. he's just exactly. a guy that thought he had a move and yep. didn't like you know chris hansen sitting in the room yeah like, exactly right he's not bill cosby yeah right? <laughs> um that that said forget about the possible harm to careers and reputations and all that kind of stuff one of the things about the sharia that's amazing and that you know, people just don't get nowadays, uh, and you have to be explicit about it, is that every single thing in the Sharia about marriage, about having uh, having a wali, making the marriage public, it's obligatory when you right. get married that you publicize the marriage. Right. It's obligatory to have a mar. It's obligatory to have uh, a wali for the, for, the, for the wife. It's obligatory to have a mar- marriage contract that specifies rights and obligations. All of this is 100% for a woman's protection. It's not for the protection of men. Right. And, you know, when people talk patriarchy and they say all these institutions are the patriarchy and you infantilize women. Yeah. Okay. I can see how if you're sitting in a classroom and studying this in an abstract situation and you're trying to apply the abstraction and the linguistics that you're, the linguistic gymnastics that you do and you go, oh, see, all types of ask for the, ask for her hand. Yeah. She has agency. <clears throat> she has independence. Cool. Yeah. I get it. That's the argument that you're making. And I see how it can be very convincing. I'm not arguing right. that it can't be. It can't seem that way. But then just look at real life. All of the women that are uh, the ones that we know about that are making these accusations, these public accusations, and it's because they're the ones that have the microphones, right? Yeah. They're all wealthy, not just rich, but also have wealth, have real power. Some of them are also producers and, you know, have hiring and firing uh, uh, duties on, on films and TV shows. They're major stars. They have influence. They're cultural influencers. These are people who command millions of dollars for, you know, showing up on a set. These people still, I mean, how much more agency and, and independence yeah, do you need? Right. Still being abused by men at yeah, every turn. Yeah. You can, there's no, there's absolutely zero, not a single circumstance where you have a man and a woman in some kind of intimate relationship outside of marriage that doesn't result <clears throat> in harm. Yeah. Even the least harmful of them have harm. Yeah. And sometimes the harm is, you know, as much as you could be permanently scarred emotionally, physically have permanent physical damage, even losing their people get killed. Mm -hmm. Women get raped and murdered. Right. Mm -hmm. All of not all of it. The vast majority of the harm befalls the woman in those situations, not the man. Right. Because women are more physically and emotionally and spiritually vulnerable to these harms. So. At the end of the day, you can talk about agency and you can talk about independence and you can talk about patriarchy and not wanting to be infantilized and wanting to be able to be empowered to make your own decisions. But even the most empowered women in our society with the most influence, the most power, the most public voice, etc., are getting yeah. abused right. all the time yep. because they're alone in a room with a man. Yeah. Avoid it. Yeah. Avoid it. Don't do it if you're not married. Right. And for any, if there's any young Muslim sisters that are listening to this, it's not about trying to control you. It's not about fearing your independence. It's not about your father or your brothers or your uncles or your mother or anyone trying to control and prevent you from having your own independent life. It's about trying to prevent the inevitable harm that comes from yeah. not being with in submission to the city. Yeah, I mean, and, I mean, and most of these things are are like they're systems of restraint on the individual right so sure. like, meaning like you're not always there's not always going to be somebody else be like 
hey, like, don't do that. You know, like these things, yeah. are, the onus is on you then to be like, all right, I'm not going to be in this situation or I'm not going to engage in this behavior that could potentially put me at harm. Yeah. So living as a Muslim, especially living in the West as a Muslim or in any Muslim, any society that's not it's like super Muslim society. It's kind of like when you go from high school to college, right? Yeah. It's not, now you're responsible you're, to do. Yeah, it's you. Yeah. Like nobody's going to tell you to, to come class. in. Yep. Exactly. Nobody's going to tell you to to show up. Nobody's going to tell you. you is, it, it, is it one of our absentees calling? It's not. It's oh, some okay. spam call. All right. Never mind. You know, I get so many spam calls on my cell phone nowadays. It's ridiculous. So do I. Yeah. It's like every day. It's, I don't get it. Yeah. I, I actually signed up for the like do not call list. Yeah, but, me too. But, but that's like matter. that's like the call list actually. Yeah, it probably <laughs> looks like it. It's like it's like they they mail that out to everybody. For real. But yeah, yeah so, I mean I agree. Yeah, like, so so that that stuff it's for the women's protection and no matter how strong you think you are, no matter how much you think that this is a good guy. Because, by the way, read the stories. A lot of these yeah. women are like, oh, he seemed great yeah. up until when he wasn't. Yeah. And it's not about, oh, women always have to teach men not to rape, right? That's yeah. the slogan, right? Yeah. yeah, that's cool. But how do you know that you got one that was taught properly? Yeah. Like, don't put your, sa your safety at yeah. risk. And, of course, if we're talking about Muslims, it's haram anyway. Yeah, So, exactly. number one, you're disobeying Allah. Yeah. And then on top of that... It's not one of those things that, oh, why do we pray five rakah, yeah. uh, four rakah instead of three or whatever. Yep. This is not one of those things that doesn't have a known answer. This has a known answer. Yeah. It's because you will be, you will experience some yeah. sort of harm, sometimes very severe and extreme, if you don't fall within these rules. I mean, I so we were, uh, me and Sarah were just talking about um, how all the stuff with the, with the Me Too stuff or whatever, mm -hmm. how it's 100%, there, there's, my take is basically like, there's the details are important for the individual cases, right? Mm -hmm. Like this happened to this person, that happened to the other person. It's you know that's important for those individual cases, but overall, especially for us as Muslims looking at it, those details are super irrelevant because the only thing you need to know is you are not allowed to be in a room alone. That's it. With yeah, the opposite yeah. gender, and if people that were just it. following that, it cuts it because the thing is there are some cases where it's like straight up you know sexual assault. Some guy bus in your room or for you don't know that this is what it, that you're meeting him alone or something and you get assaulted that happens 100 mm -hmm. but the majority of it is people are voluntarily getting together alone and then things get out of hand mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and and what else is uh, me too thing are we on are we yeah, starting we're on I mean, we've been on for like the last 15 minutes. Okay, so we're officially... I mean, we can officially start, you know. All right, so why don't you loop, in our, back, give our, loop us back into the where we yeah, are. Yeah, so, I mean, let's start off with Salaam right? Let's start it off like that. Our 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 main host, Moin Sayyid, is, is currently MIA. MIA, so we'll uh, just... All right, let's start off. We'll He's just, stuck we'll just, at work. Yeah. So you guys were talking about uh, the Me Too campaign, and one of the things that got me is how... Nobody that was accused actually denied anything. Yeah. And yeah. how it's all mutawatir. Yeah. It's like like yeah. five, six. So nobody can really deny anything. Yeah. And there, maybe there's one or two cases where there was one individual case. Which yeah, is, like uh, Harvey Weinstein says some things are not true or whatever. Yeah. And then Aziz Ansari was, though, was one case. Yeah. Right. That was the one case that I saw any discussion about. Mm -hmm. Right. And one of the articles I saw about that one, which is, of course, you're not going to blame the victim. But at the same time, there's something else. Like she was saying, "Well, he pulled me. Then he put his hand in my, uh, right. and then he took my clothes off, and then he bent me over." I'm thinking after like three, four things. Wait a second, you got legs. 
well and, and this well, it's not not was not that was my instant reaction but yeah. i didn't i didn't think about yeah. that uh, i mean i didn't um develop that idea in, in, within me but then it came in a new york times uh editorial piece where a woman said hold on a second because this narrative removes her agency you have yeah. two arms you have two legs cool. that's why alex right? was just saying yeah, yeah. well and yeah. the thing is so there is if you uh if you study like the field of like uh victim psychology and what happens to trauma victims etc it is possible that you get you you find yourself in a situation that's threatening or frightening or harmful and you freeze yeah i i get that I right totally or you submit that. because you're or afraid you're of greater harm there's a for, flight for or resisting fight or flight response right? yeah well, I get it's, that. A, it's three I get it's actually that. fight yeah. flight or sometimes you freeze yeah. freeze yeah and you don't you don't fight and yeah. you don't or you, you just don't know what's going on but you're like, so shocked which Remind I me get to that. come back to that fight or flight thing because yeah. it makes a point. I want to make a point about something that we do with language, but yeah. So one of the, the third reaction is sometimes you just you freeze, you paralyze. Yeah. That's that's a that's a true fear response. Yeah. Right. Um, and I get I get so that, that can happen. happen. Yeah. But in even even without doubt, like I said, the details are generally in it. But talking about the Aziz Ansari case, right? So there's 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 basically her point of view, which is I met this really cool guy. Who I like from TV, and he's awesome, and he seems funny and charming and nice, and uh, he's gonna be my boyfriend, right? Yeah. Like it's so cool, we're going on a date. She even talks about how long she took to pick out a dress and how she was sending pictures to her friends and what wow. outfits she should wear, etc. Like she was excited, like a teenage mm. girl almost, even though she was like 22 or 23. <clears throat> mm. um, from Aziz Asari's point of view, I think he met this girl at like an Emmy's party, like a post Emmy's mm -hmm. party. And she's from New York, but she was there with some other guy mm. and she's coming up to him. And at first he was like, I don't get out of here. And then, it, you know, she kept at it or he's noticed, she says he noticed her, her camera. He was like, Oh, I like vintage cameras too. Cause mm. she had like an old film camera. They had, anyway, so she goes back to her date for the rest of the night. And then at the end of the night comes and they exchange numbers. Then he, he calls her up in, when they're both back in New York, she comes to his apartment, has drinks. They go out to dinner, go back to his apartment, have drinks again. And then the stuff started. They, at some point, they're naked, all consensual. They're naked. They're doing stuff. And at some point, she's like, "I don't like the way that this. Like, he's treating me like cheap." Mm -hmm. Yeah, but that's what he thinks of her. I'm pretty sure at that point, like, he's like, "Okay, groupie, mm. great. I like mm. these groupies. I do this all the time mm. because I'm a big celebrity and whatever." And I'm sure he wasn't getting girls in high school, mm. right? Yeah. <laughs> not, not to hate, but. <laughs> No, that's a fact. Like the I short, mean, skinny, yeah, goofy, yeah. funny Sound guy is not. Yeah. yeah. Especially in where? Where is yeah. he from? North Carolina, Alabama. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good luck. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> where everybody yeah, looks minority. like a football player. No, no, he's not. Also, he, he's there's. It's not even just that he's uh, Indian. I mean, there are some handsome, guy, it, handsome people out there that are Indian. Was, but if he was a white guy built and looks like he does, and yeah, he's not. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, okay, cool, another groupie. He goes and does that. The next day, she texts him and goes, I didn't really like it. I felt uncomfortable. He goes, oh, man, I'm really sorry. I didn't realize it. It didn't seem like that to me. And that's the end of it until a year later. She goes, you know what? Let me tell my story to some yeah. publication. Yeah. So that's her, her version and his version. There's a third version, which is, Astaghfirullah Aladim. Yeah. What are you drinking? Your name is Aziz. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you're drinking. You're meeting up with strange women. Yeah. You're bringing them to your apartment. You're alone with them. You're doing all kinds of things outside of marriage. Yeah. Or whatever happens to you that's true that's true and There's no on the flip side for the young lady which is what me and Sad were talking about earlier listen all of this and she's not Muslim obviously but all of the Sharia protections regarding marriage mm -hmm. etc right all mm -hmm. of them top to bottom and we listed them before yeah. 
all of them are to protect women. Mm-hmm. They're not there to protect men. They're not there to prevent men from being emotionally or physically scarred or damaged or yeah. harmed from an illicit relationship. <clears throat> not that men can't have those, but yeah. the vast majority of the times the harm that happens happens to women. Mm-hmm. So the Sharia is there for you. Yeah. And your independence and your agency and your, you know, freedom and your power, none of that matters at all. And at the risk of being repetitive, like all the women we're hearing from, for the most part, almost every single one of them are at the upper echelon, right? Wealth, mm-hmm. power. You know, they're producers. They have uh, hiring, firing power on the set. Yeah. They command millions of dollars to appear in these films and television mm-hmm. shows. Like, they, they're they super famous. Yeah. They can go anywhere and people will listen to them. Yeah. These women are all getting wrecked. Like, they're all being abused at the hands of these men. So, like, what what is the average woman? What agency does she have? What power does she have when she's alone with a guy and he wants something she doesn't want? Uh, and, and not only is the, the laws important... But even spiritually, the belief and the idea exactly. that rizq is not in the hands of a person. If you're in a worldview that, oh my gosh, this is my job. This is the only source of my income, mm-hmm. right? Uh, then you're doubly at risk in a sense because uh, you, you, you know, you're really be- believing yourself to be dependent on this person. So uh, one of the ideas that I came up to me is that all these workplaces in the future the only real way to go about this and, and really root this out is to make that while you're on this on the clock on this job in this property that there has to be a third person in the room right for sure that that's a, and you need to penalize the absence of that and that way you'll totally be safe mm-hmm. and at that point you just mimicked you know Sharia so, at that point you know you know uh, forget like even take sorry <clears throat> no no just, like even take like let's take the gender dynamic out of it for a second yo there are some dudes that i'm like yo i wouldn't even want to be near that guy as another dude you know what i mean yeah like forget like feeling vulnerable like it's just like oh like that this strange person like i should stay away from that person yeah 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 and then these uh these photographers and the male models too you saw that report no okay so so oh yeah that's the thing males male models yeah usually underwear models they came out too mm. with the photographers, and there's also know. been the the you know, and it's it's always been under the surface the child actors. Yeah, well, like the gymnasts rampant sexual abuse of child actors, yeah, yeah. and now the gymnast, yeah, the, the gymnast, gy- the gymnast, you know, the, the physician, gymnast, the, gymnast. The, yeah. the doctor. I mean, that was the worst. I can't I wa- even. I mean, honestly, Bro, I can't even. I watched the anymore. testimonies today. Yeah. They were uh, New York Times had them all clipped up. Yeah, and oh my gosh, I mean, there were there is one case where one of the girls committed suicide. Well. So the mom was there, you know. You could just imagine. Yeah, and this is this is this this goes to this goes to a further point. And I, I, you know, I maybe it's because uh, you know I went to law school, but I hate to harp on law always. But what does the Sharia say about who can be a doctor to whom? That's right? true. Mm-hmm. You yeah. start with female Muslim doctor, female mm-hmm. non-Muslim doctor. Yeah, male Muslim doctor for a female patient, and then last with someone is the male present. non-Muslim doctor with, with someone, someone present, present. right? Mm-hmm. But even that, even with someone present, yeah. you have to go through all. Of, and mm-hmm. if, if you're a man, you have to get a male Muslim doctor, male non-Muslim doctor, then a female Muslim doctor with someone present, and then yeah. last you can have a female non-Muslim doctor. Like this is for a reason. So if you start uh, tallying you up when sorry, you don't throw your daughters into a room alone with some middle-aged man. Mm-hmm. What are you? T- this is a 12 year old, eleven year old, twelve year old, thirteen year old child. And one what of is them, wrong with you? Yeah, one of them involved home visits. I don't know if they were visiting for appointments in his home or her home, and he was pulling his pants, taking her to the basement, saying, "I need to check on you in the basement." Right? 
and there he had all his his lotion and he took his pants off and he oh my god you know this is what it's happens. like and then the parents are just sitting upstairs waiting why yeah it's this, insane. this happens dude i don't even let my plumber go in my basement <laughs> without standing yeah. behind his shoulder and like yo what are you doing yeah. no but like, your child <laughs> with your child yeah this is because and this happens a lot in entertainment and these kinds of sports fields is that the parents are seeing the benefits right the fame the money the yeah. career and they're like i'll roll with it yeah sure whatever yeah. Just And this is how the Catholic Church abuse scandal happened, right? Was they were like, oh, Father so-and-so wants you to come to like the mm-hmm. retreat. Yeah. Right. But he's taking an interest in you. And if you're very religious, you'd be like, that's awesome. The Sheikh yeah. really likes my, my kid and he's going to teach him more Quran or something. That's what it is. But you have, to, you, you have to be a parent. Yeah. yeah. You have to be a parent. And you can't... I mean, going back to, to uh, clergy, in the, in the books of fiqh, you'll see that they say, even to the, to the teachers, right? To the ulama. Don't be alone with mm-hmm. your your young students. Mm-hmm. Men with young male students even don't be alone with them yeah. until they're a certain age. Just yeah. don't it re- eliminate all and the, possible temptation uh, right. for harm. And the Prophet peace be upon him said that hadith that it was actually Sheikh Rami that quoted it. And I can't I don't know where he, it's it's actually cited, but it's Ihtarisu bisu al-dhan, where he kept repeating. He said, uh, "Take precautions by having bad opinions." In other words, you have to bring up that. This person is a human being. This person, you can't just have blind trust, all right? So you, in some senses, you have to have a bad opinion, right, uh, of the potentials that could happen uh, to justify and, and, and remind ourselves why we had to take certain precautions. Well, yeah, right? I mean, a general, non-specific sultan is what yeah. we have the sharia for. Yeah. Make a contract. Why? Because people steal mm-hmm. and people lie about mm-hmm. what your transaction yeah. was. Exactly. So make it's a not, contract. It's not like a... Make it a habit. Yeah. And not that this person is exactly. going to lie, but... Yep. Generally, people lie in these situations, right. or yeah. people harm, or people abuse, or people do things. Yeah. So, on the basis of that, have sort of fun- as general. Rule. The funny thing about people who don't want to put things in writing is it's supposedly offensive. But wait a second, shouldn't it be offensive to the other guy? Yeah. Because if you're so trustworthy, then why do you have a problem with putting yeah. it in writing? Right. You know what I mean? My mom exactly. was watching one of those like TV court shows, yeah. like Judge Judy type, but in Spanish, right? Yeah. And uh, the the fake TV judge made a really brilliant, really smart point. <laughs> So one of the litigants was like, she was like, did you have a contract? Did you write a promissory note or something? And he yeah. was like, no, I mean, he's my brother or cousin, whatever it was. He was like, that's my, my brother. I, you know, I didn't think I would need it. And she said, it's, that's when you need it when you think you don't. Yeah. Yeah. Because at <clears throat> arm's length transactions, yep. right, mm-hmm. which is the legal term, in those situations, you're gonna already take care of and yeah. be careful. Yeah. It's the ones where you think, that's my friend. Yeah. Yeah. Why do I need it to write it down? Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's the time you need to write it down. Yeah. Because that's when confusion, even if it's, Genuine confusion. So look how many people had to suffer. So now it's all out now, yeah. right? In this in this uh, past three months, it's all out. But how many people for how many years, right? Was this stuff going on? These abuses going on, and nobody was talking, right? Oh yeah. So we have to. It's like cops beating up black yeah. people. So you know, you, like when they came out, like recently, people were like, "What? This yeah, is going on?" And it's like, "Well, yeah, yeah you know, it's been going on. So, yeah, it's been going on for decades." So, so we <laughs> the 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 point is that we have to wait, and all this damage has to be done for us to start realizing the divine wisdom of things, right? Yeah. At least within our own communities, who we, who already have, we know what to do. We have our marching orders already. We don't have to try to figure things out. We know how to figure things out real quick. And that's the benefit of Sharia is that uh, in Islam, what we do have is when we want to get upright, we know exactly what to do. Like we don't need to think about it. We don't need to discuss it. We don't. We already have a book of law, right? We already know where to go back to. And this also helps avoiding extremes because if you don't have that set middle, 
then who knows what extreme we're going to and what what kind of extreme you think we're going to because i think we're going to the pendulum's going to swing to the opposite end mm-hmm. if you have no middle the me too which is totally justified it's probably going to swing the pendulum somewhere unknown that we can't imagine because what's happening in the hearts of people now is you know uh, erupting out of the hearts of people so some it's going to go to another extreme that's probably going to be a bad extreme for sure and that's the that's the benefit of having a sacred law is that when you don't swing when, to extreme yeah when the house is collapsing we already have the blueprint we know how to put it back together again i mean and also the best case scenario here is that people who've rejected so i i i had a I'm not a big Twitter person. I'm not a big. I'm mm. not. I'm not on Facebook anymore. And I, the only thing I still have is a Twitter because just to stay up on certain things. But I had one tweet that was like, re, I don't even have. Uh, I think I have like a hundred followers. Maybe yeah. it was retweeted by like five hundred people. Well, you're something. you're in the uh, what they call the alt bros circle. You know about this? Alt bros. I, I, you know I, what they call us? I didn't realize that because uh, the Mad Men Luke's were one of the, two of them. I ran into them at NBC. Didn't know they were coming. They came for a wedding. Oh, right. mashallah. We yeah. should have r- rustled them up. Yeah, I had. Uh, I tried to. I just said, I wish I knew your guys were coming. But they came. Ismail Royer, he got married. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he got I married saw, from I saw that, New York. That he came from. Uh, yeah. He came to NBC. I saw it. Yeah, so he came and got married there. And Madam, he got married at NBC. He got married at NBC. Oh, mashallah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's yeah. dope. Yeah. I wish, I wish uh, you guys were uh, uh, available. I don't know who he, what, what was going on. Yeah. I was like, uh, you know that the guys are right around the corner he's like oh why don't you why don't you tell him yeah. i was like oh i didn't i didn't know what was going on so yeah i would have ran over there too yeah i've been dying to meet it would have been nice because yeah. we were all there and then the met one of the brothers from the Mad Mamluks, who turned out to be really nice guys and uh, they said to me uh you know what they call us the alt bros <laughs> <laughs> what, what does that mean which is Mad Mamluks, uh alpha muslim safina society podcast daniel right like these like, are the, all the like alt right type muslims oh. yeah now what I'm saying, what, what my point is that I think that even though we have these positions and these things are clear, but in order to really succeed with this thing, we're not going to succeed with this thing unless we actually add a, that extra dimension, which is that you can easily make the same points in the long run without having to have fights that are unnecessary, right? So that your point could trickle down to the, that middle class of Muslims that are just going to look at the adab and the manners, right? Yeah. And that's something I've learned over time because I've been so annoyed and angry at some of these crazy ideas that are coming out. But then you have to take that extra step. So the first step is firm up the belief, uh, firm up iman, firm up beliefs, firm up the positions because the positions are at stake, right? Yeah. Now that I think that it's that's out there, there are so many people. Have you seen ZaraFaris.com? And Noor uh, yeah, yeah. Judah's work. Yeah, that, that's, uh, that's, that's Ismail's wife. wife yeah. Noor Judah's work. Zara Faris. Daniel's picking up his ideas, right? And you look out there now, there's a whole new wave of people putting up a type of wall, right? Uh, you know, like a protective wall between us and these things. So now that that's actually, I think it's pretty much established. You can go online and pretty easily you'll find these ideas and these people connecting. And mainly the connecting point is, is Twitter, yeah. right? That's where we're all, we're all connected. But now I think that what we have to do is take this next to, now to the next level, where in order to trickle these ideas down to the average middle-class person, you're not going to change anything. You're not going to cut corners, which many people think we have to cut corners now. No, absolutely not. You don't, have to, you don't have to cut any corners. You don't have to compromise a single thing but the way the packaging has to be, and I'm totally number one person who's guilty because I like to go in for a fight, right? <laughs> but 
when I ask myself, well, what's my goal? Yeah. The goal is to get the bulk of the Muslims recognizing these points, right? And if that means that I have to now uh, take a little, be, little more considerate or be considerate, period, right? Uh, and that's, remember, what Habib was talking about the other day. You're going to get your point further, but you still need some of those uh, mm-hmm. people with the brass knuckles on. Yeah. Like Daniel's got the brass knuckles on, right? Yeah. And you're, you're going to always have to have someone with the brass knuckles on. Well, but this was my point when I was saying that uh, that we could we could talk about all this uh, all this Me Too stuff and just say, well, look at why are you there or, you know, this is the type of stuff. But I, we're, I'm acknowledging openly that these things, bad things are happening to women and men do bad things. That's no, I'm not questioning that whatsoever. Like some of the, if you, that whole alt bro label is ridiculous because what the alt right is saying is, well, uh, yeah, all of these are like exaggerated, denying, exaggerated. Yeah. denying yeah. or whatever, yeah. right? No, what I'm saying is, sisters, because we love you, we want you to be safe. And the only safe space that really exists is a household mm-hmm. that is in the submission to Allah. Mm-hmm. And that's it. You know, there's no safe yeah. spaces anywhere else. Yeah. Your family. Whether it's your family home or your mar- your marital home, this is the safe space. Mm-hmm. For men too, by the way. There's no safety out there for Muslim men yeah. other than in your household. There's no safety. Like, don't think just because you can't be physically abused and hurt that you're A-okay to be alone in a room with a woman. Yeah, You're not. Mm-hmm. The only women you should be alone with are your relatives and your wife. Yeah. Um, like, the thing I was going to say before, Sheikh Hussein Abdul Sattar, right, who's also a, a teacher. He's a, he's a doctor and he teaches at a medical school in Chicago. He had a rule, office hours, mm. door open mm-hmm. or another party, never yeah. alone with a student. Oh, yeah. There's no closed Male door or meetings. female? Uh, or just female. the females. Yeah, yeah, just the females. Well, then he's just going to do it for everyone at that point. Yeah, at that point yeah. it becomes, I never close my doors and we don't yeah. have one-on-one meeting. It's just, sorry, yeah. you can't talk to me about anything private. And no texting. No, 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 none of that. And, and that's going the other out thing. for coffee. Wait, wait, this is not just about physical stuff. It's not just about being alone in a room. You want to talk about serious emotional harm Get into a relationship with a guy that's not serious, mm-hmm. like over text or yeah. or private message or whatever, right? And see down the road when he marries somebody else. Yeah. And you never did anything physically. You were never alone with him. But just the emotional, yeah. hard mm-hmm. trauma that you can and go the, through And the this. years that pass mm-hmm. in these relationships that end up with nothing. Yeah. And let me tell you something. I hear a lot of Muslims say, oh, well, that guy is this or that. He is. All of those things. But telling him not to be those things is important and mm-hmm. it's part of it. But that doesn't mean that if he stops being that way and he becomes Prince Charming and he becomes honest and genuine, that it was okay to have that relationship. Yeah. The two things don't go together. And what are the percentage chances that this is going to happen? <laughs> Very yeah. low. Yeah. But even if you get that guy who's like, no, I'm so super sincere and you know we're private men and I'm telling you I love you and I mean it and all. Guess what? You're still wrong. Yeah. At the end of the day, you're both still wrong. Yeah. That's yeah. not... The solution is avoid it. That solves it better than being like, let's change what young men who have no experience with women act like so what you're saying is that some when you go about things the wrong way and get the right result you're still wrong because you're 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 putting forth right and and creating a precedent of 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 a path that's misguided to begin with that's going to lead to a lot of worse things and there's also the spiritual harm that happens to you even if everything goes well Mm -hmm. right like it's like it's like i uh i remember one of my friends was like he was eating something, and I said, "Is that you sure that that's you permissible? Yeah. You don't know how I'm ingredients." He was like, oh, "I didn't read the package, bro." And somebody told me it was high. I just ate it, and I'm like, "Okay, so you yeah. didn't get the sin for it, maybe." Yeah. yeah. But 
it still has an effect on you. It does have Allah's an effect. not preventing it. Just it's not a gotcha game. Mm -hmm. Allah is telling you don't eat that kind of meat yes, because yeah. it's harmful for your yeah. for your soul. Yeah. yeah. So all of the muamalat things are there's always a reason for it. There's always and some of the reasons are not given to us because anything that has a spiritual reason to it, mm -hmm. it's not really given because you can't uh, verified in the first place you don't know this nature of the soul is yeah. so unseen and abstract and complicated in the first place so food is one of those things yeah. where and i'm sure just like physical harms that often take years to manifest indeed. these things can also take their toll over large periods of time so you don't notice yeah. it overnight that like oh i i did this one thing or, mm -hmm. or i engaged in this behavior and now the next day i'm suddenly like yeah <laughs> like doing all this crazy stuff but over time, you you may see that change. So it, it could take years to manifest, but it doesn't mean it's not harmful. Yeah, yeah. and and these these the things with the the trans animal stuff, which is coming out now oh, in God. little, and it's in mainstream yeah, news now. The bell? Oh, uh, dude, we don't have the bell, bro. We gotta have to steal the Liberty Bell. Gotta, get, things are getting so we're crazy. Have to start it with the bell. <laughs> start the whole recording. And no, we, we're gonna need another instrument for the trans species stuff. I see. Because now there is this uh, <clears throat> whatever like. Uh, uh, what's Secret Life of P Human Pups? You pets, know the, the movie Secret Life of Pets? Yeah. So now there's a Secret Life of Human Pups. Like a movie? No, a group. Uh, these people are real, man. Yeah. These and people it's, are real. It's in The well, Guardian. It's yeah. not a, just uh, yeah, one of those an weird websites. I've seen articles like that. By the way, the costumes are like really something. Dresses, dogs, and yeah. stuff. Bro, yeah, th I've this is that. not like some pajama yeah. with polka dots. This, yeah. These are leather costumes yeah. with tails that are electronically moved back and forth. But... My point is with Where this stuff. Where are these things gaining traction, though? Like on, I, on the internet, you know, it's all the internet. They, they, That's are, what they I'm meet there. They have a. If conference. there was no internet, these people wouldn't. It wouldn't be the thousands idea would of die. them or hundreds yeah. of them. It would yeah. be like four of them yeah. in New York City. Yeah. Well, the idea would meeting die, and the too. village voice classified. <laughs> it's only a matter of time, though, before somebody's yeah. like, you know, like, where is the place for them in Islam? in society? You know? <laughs> No, here are gonna be asking questions like, "He's a child in the house because they're dogs, so you can't let them in the house." Well, you know the I bet you the progressives. I already thought it out. The progressives are gonna tell you. Well, the prophet talked about oh, okay. playing with dogs, not being a dog, right? <laughs> but in any event, there are two points here. The first, yeah. the first point is the debate came up today. Are they having mental health issues? Because I didn't look. At, I didn't see anyone with a mental health issue. I saw a guy who knows how to put up a blog, knows how to put up a website, knows how to get publicity, holds a job makes a very complicated costume that fits perfectly on people's bodies. All different types of dogs are studied. The behavior of the dogs are studied. The costumes are, I'm telling you, not even um, like complicated. They're amazing costumes. Like if you just had to oh, rate as a costume. You could be a high-functioning crazy person. Yeah. yeah, it's made out of leather, yeah. right? Now, in India, our friend just came back from Malaysia. He's passed by a Hindu temple. There was a holiday going on. They were having cow urine. There were rats. They were uh, not bathing. All sorts of nasty stuff, right? And at the same time, these are the same people who are earning money in Kuala Lumpur, paying for this temple in Kuala Lumpur, right? So that's taking money. So when you have that kind of money, that means you have some functionality to you. Yeah. Like you, you can do certain things. Yeah. So my point was, why do we have to say there's a mental health issue all the time where that's just th what they want to do. That's They're true. totally conscious of it. Right. And there's nothing stopping them from indulging in this whim. So this idea that uh, I, I love dogs. It, it, yeah. You're right. Whims. Right? It's whim. And yeah. now all that's changed is that you have the ability 
to fulfill these whims. Before that, you you had this idea, you acted like a dog, your grandfather smacked you upside the head once and said, cut it out. You never did it again. After like the age of 10, okay? So we all played make-believe until you're like, what, mm-hmm. seven? Mm-hmm. Then someone says stop. Well, when that person that says stop is not there, you don't go to a church or a synagogue or any temple or anything. No one says stop there. And then all lo and behold, you have the internet where you spend all night on and, you, and you're and you like, wait a second, we're a lot crazier people than me out there, right? And then you find 400 other people. So the person is completely conscious, uh, 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 conscious of what they're doing, sane, and that's his whim, right? And my point in highlighting it is to say, look, godlessness leads to a whole bunch of crazy ideas like this one, right? So uh, the, on the, the idea of just saying, well, there, uh, there is a mental health issue, I think is almost an insult to the person. Well, how do you, uh, yeah. wh- why? I'm telling you, Hindus do worse things. To be honest with you, the the what do they call it? The immolation of the women, of the oh, wives. Yeah. Are you going to tell me that that is not that's, like yeah. that thousand times worse than acting like a dog on a weekend, right? So that's a thousand. So these no no one said they had mental health issues. That's what misguidance is. Misguidance leads to this stuff. And anecdotally amongst ourselves, there's value in looking at this and saying to your to 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 Muslims saying, look, that's the result, right? And yeah. alhamdulillah that Allah protected us from, you know, yeah. this that that end. I That's mean, the point. You're right. And you know, when I, I remember when I was a kid uh, growing up, some of the older men, and it's not Muslims, um, just people from the neighborhood, they used to talk about how sometimes famous athletes or celebrities um, would, because they're getting so much attention and it's so easy for them to meet women and stuff, that eventually they would bore of that. And move on to something more, more extreme. Sometimes guys, yeah. sometimes mm-hmm. whatever, right? Because they were just doing. Sport, at that point, right? it's just like I've had every kind of situation with a woman. Let me try a guy. Mm-hmm. Let me try. And I think that, I think that that's part of what's happening, yeah. right? And part of it is the the easy availability of pornography, mm-hmm. right? Like you can start out. It used to be that that uh, dudes had to go to stores and buy stuff or whatever it is, right? Yeah. Now they just they sneak off into a room. They log on to the internet and they can see anything, yeah. and it just progress. The, there's that book that uh, Shahamza talks about a lot, "Pornified" by mm-hmm. Pamela Paul. It's progressive and it's, yeah. it, it escalates quickly, right? And you start out with regular stuff, and then mm-hmm. more extreme, and then, and then you move on to child pornography, mm-hmm. and bestiality, and all this kind of stuff. And not only that, the the toys and stuff that uh, you would have to sneak into a shop, and what CD shop is it, mm. right, to get that stuff? Yeah. Well, now, one of the comments that I heard is that one of Amazon's biggest selling points are sex toys. And why Amazon is beating Walmart is because Walmart refuses to sell that stuff in the store, right? They're Christians. Because they're Christians, right? They're from Texas, I believe. Something like that. Something like that. But Amazon sells it, and that's where people are all getting their stuff. Because but I'm not saying that Walmart is a good, a good yeah. organization that's yeah. positive, that it doesn't abuse its workers, that it doesn't sell things <laughs> against Christian <laughs> religious beliefs. But that's one of the at draw- this point, yeah. that's one of the lines that they draw. They also like don't sell like they sell only edited uh, versions of music. Oh, okay. Uh, stuff. Like, oh, I didn't know that they were con- that conscientious of Christians. Just about some stuff. Okay. Yeah, Walmart has some standards. Yeah. They of, might be hypocrites. Yeah. I understand that, but they have some standards. <laughs> yeah, Amazon has none. So Amazon, uh, through Amazon, all this stuff is becomes available. And my other point that I was saying is that there are other uh, types of dysphoria that I do think are total health issues, especially uh, gender dysphoria. Right now, used to be, used to be. Well, it's not considered a dysphoria no, anymore. No, I'm saying like it used to be that the only trans gendered people that oh yeah yeah, yeah. Were people who ge- genuinely really sincerely had, had that issue yeah what, now it's just fashionable is a right a dysphoria definition it's it's uh so like what one type of dysphoria is like uh 
um, I can't remember the exact name of it, yeah. but like guys who work out so much and yeah. they look at themselves in the mirror and they're like, I'm just not big enough. I see. And they keep taking more steroids and you look at them, you look, you look like a so house, it's like, dude. It's like perceptual You're not perceiving. Or like, uh, like anorexia, per- perceptual right? Perceptual discrepancies. Yeah. Yeah. So like you look at yourself in the yeah. mirror and you go, nope. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, even if you look into like how these things are defined, right? Like doesn't the APA, like the Psychological, American Psychological Association have this like manual Right with the DSM, like, yeah, the yeah, DSM they editing with, that. Uh, with, they edit that politically, right? And yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you know, even that stuff is like it's not even that clear cut. Like well, one yeah. thing could be a mental issue, and mm-hmm. then the, yeah, it is very political. Not anymore, right? Yeah. Like I'm sure sir, there's a lot of things that people do now that aren't considered mental are, issues, but in the really. past they were. I mean, hysteria, right? Like <laughs> it was considered a yeah. mental issue, right? Like yeah. yeah. Like among yeah. women, like if, if 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 women got hysterical, that was defined as, as like a, a mental issue. as a mental issue, like yeah. less than a hundred years ago. Yeah. So yeah. these things also like you know they're, well, they're by very the way, hazy, hazily defined. So gender yeah. dysphoria in the DSM five, it's not going to go. They're not going to remove it like they did uh, like uh, homosexuality and all the same sex attraction, but it's for political reasons. It's because in order to get uh, a, a lot of the people that identified this way originally now they're going to see a lot of middle class and upper class weirdos but originally oh, our host is here originally a lot of the people originally a lot of the people that uh that identified that way uh were very low income right because yeah. they have real mental health issues and they can't they they can't function in general in real society so they were on like a government benefits etc in order for the government to pay for your sex reassignment surgery, mm. you, it has to be yeah. a medical diagnosis. Yeah. So they can't remove it for the DSM because they need tax money to pay for those operations. Yeah. That's so it. Now, now so now we'll stay. Now one of the things that uh, one of the points that one of my friends made, and he said uh, was actually Hamza uh, Qureshi said. He said, "Don't forget the statement of the Prophet peace be upon him that uh, in general we can say in general something like a our host is here. Allah <laughs> Akbar. Now what? we're on top. No, I'm just <laughs> 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 I think I'm like an hour and a half. Late. 45. Sorry. Well, an hour and 45. That's okay. They, how, how long the listeners got a the listeners got a free 45 minutes of just like you know. You guys make sure your mic yeah. is on. Yeah, it's, it's on. on. Oh, okay. it's on. So yeah. let's get let's just continue straight where we are at. Uh, I was saying that one of the things we can, we can't forget. I mean, we can apply this in general. We can't apply it in, apply it in specific. Is that the Prophet peace be upon him warned? That uh, when zina spreads in a people, all right, the wrath of Allah comes with it, right? And the wrath of Allah, you should await the wrath of Allah. And the Mufassirin has always said the wrath of Allah are the awlad zina, okay? Awlad zina yeah. because they're angry, but they haven't been given the rights of two parents, right? They're angry about it. Uh, and so anger was one of the reasons or one of the results of, um, of zina is that the awlad zina are angry. Another one is that they're uh, unstable. They don't know... The nature of a, a man and woman, the relationships, and now I think as well, you could say that uh, mental health issues are also part of it. Now you can only say this in general, but not as specific. But I, I think though that the idea that uh, those who are born, and of course that's probably totally politically incorrect, but of course the Prophet peace be upon him, his word is going to be true, is that this is going to result in the wrath of Allah and bala kathratul bala, and he specifically said zina will bring illnesses that you have never seen before. Now, mental illnesses are illnesses that we haven't seen before, right? So we shouldn't forget uh, that piece of that comp, that hadith from the Prophet, peace be upon him. Of course, we can apply it in general, but not in specific. So, um, is my mic on, by the way? I don't hear much. Yeah, you're on. Now you're good. 
Right. What'd you want to talk about today? Sun, everyone, um, I apologize for being an hour, an hour and 40 minutes late. Well, that's okay. Well, you get a pass because your work has taken you down to, um, well, I guess North De- Northern Delaware, what Alex would call Northern Delaware, <laughs> so or Western Pennsylvania. Uh, that's Northern Delaware. Yeah. I actually oh, right. I actually was only in Edison, and you know, client held me for like three hours. Edison? Edison. Edison. Yeah. Um, but uh, so, what exactly have you guys chosen as a topic? Well, what I was do you gone think? For like forty. We've been what talking do you about think? We've been talking about how. Let's, let's, hold on, wait, wait. Feminism, liberalism. No, uh, no, no. We were talking about the benefits of obeying the Sharia in terms of male, female interaction, uh, gen- interaction. gender separation. There, and there was another point that I made in our uh, march forward to you know wherever we're going, wherever Allah takes us in this work, is that. I think for the in the past three four years, there's been such a need for people to talk about these important issues that just people weren't talking about them. Some of the elder imams either they retired or they weren't talking about, and these basic issues that you just talked about that are affecting everyone on a daily basis that weren't being addressed. And it took for a while people screaming at the top of their lungs, uh, full of anger because there is no support. Uh, what I believe is that we're turning a corner. Numbers wise, numerically, there are a lot of people talking about these issues and a lot of people putting up defenses and ideas uh, and protective ideas between these issues and your regular Muslim youth. Right. And people out there. Right. You see what I'm saying? So my point was, once you reach that critical mass, well, what's next? The what's next is now we have to now we could look at the quality of the nature and how we put forth our message. Right. So in the beginning, when there's absolutely no one listening and the tide is totally against you, you're going to be radical and you're going to be throwing rocks, whichever, which way you get your hands on, you're going to be throwing your rocks at the building. Once now that I believe there are a lot of people working on these things. Okay. Once there are a lot of people, now we could start think, uh, thinking about the next level of things, which is what how do we say the same thing in a way that's going to reach and be palatable and acceptable to everyone and one of the couple principles and this has been on my mind for a while because i've been uh the most out of you know i'm the most guilty and i didn't really blame myself but the most guilty of throwing rocks wherever i can find one because i knew it had to be done right uh but now i'm at a point where by eliminating subjectivity eliminating anything that's subjective and that's why, did you read my little uh, essay on feminism, mm-hmm. right? Which one? <laughs> the, main, the main one where I said, we ha- in, if, you want your, if you truly want your point to get across, if you want to get your anger out, that's a different story, right? But if you want to get your, your point across to the most number of Muslims out there, then it eliminates subjectivity. So any, the, feminism is a label that is really subjective. And someone said, well, okay, then perennialism, you talk about perennialism, well, perennialism is not subjective. There's only one perennialism, yeah. right? And there's like 13 people who write about it in world history, right? <laughs> okay. Uh, 15%, or 50% of them are, are in Washington, D.C., okay? And so there's, perennialism is not a subjective issue. Communism is not subjective. We have a definition for what communism is. Capitalism is not subjective. All these... Eh. Well, <laughs> Cap- the, the capitalism... Basic. Okay, capitalism well, maybe. Because there's the... There's, okay, fine. But you, free market. But you're, free market. Free market yeah, is yeah. fine. Communism is crisp. Yeah. Right? Pretty clear. Feminism is not crisp because no. you can get someone. It can mean who, anything. It can mean anything. You have sheikhs, right? They say they're feminists. 
Okay. Right. Well, what do they mean by that? And you look at they wear niqab. <laughs> <laughs> and you look at how yeah. they're uh, how they you look at how some people You're define not, feminism. Said anything yet? <laughs> What's going on? I'm trying no, to get no, his mic was, on. Yeah, it was just fine. Okay. So you uh, are we done with that? Okay. Uh, so Never back to the All point. Right, back to the point. You can Sorry. have a you can have a Muslim woman say she's a feminist and you say okay well what's what do you define by that or how do you define that what do you mean by that and she gives you a definition that you totally agree with right right so she that that exists and the opposite exists and there are so many different uh, spectrums of feminism and waves and spectrums well okay? that's where like you i think you were saying like you need to define that's my point that so at that is, point right? i'm not going to get a definition from everyone anymore right forget it the term has become so fluid it's you can't work with it anymore rather what you can work with is the point what is the specific issue that we're talking about? Right. Right. And that we can discuss because now, so removing subjectivity is the first thing. And then the second thing that I've been contemplating for like two years, it's taken me like two years to put it into practice, is Sheikh Ahmed Obama's comment, right? Which is he's, the French said about him when they captured him, they said about him, you're one of those people, they were on a boat. It's the rumor like the intel back in the day, right? Right. And he lived, what, uh, 1790s or 18... I think uh, 18, late 1800s. Yeah. Late 1800s. The French said to him, it's said about you that you never disobey your God and you never offend his creation. All right? So your prayer time is up. Your prayer time is, is, is on now. But if you pray on this boat, it offends us. Immediately, he jumped off the boat. Right? And he landed on the water. And he prayed on the water. And then he went back onto the boat. That's the thing. He went back onto the boat. He did that. Oh, wait, can you explain that? Like, he actually <laughs> prayed on the water. This karama was reported. And I wish we could get the... I'm sure someone in France or some of the Amadou Bamba scholars can get the report. Because it only comes from the French. From the French. That's why it's one of those, because 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 you know I'm um, um, critic. Uh, uh, we're we're people who believe in hadith and we follow the hadith methods. So we're not going to just say rumors. Right. But I I haven't seen it personally. So but it could only have come from the French, and they say like the best evidence is what comes from your enemy. The best testimony mm. is what comes from your enemy. So I wish some Amadou Bamba scholars out there could find where that's written actually in someone's di- diary, a soldier's diary or something, but that he actually prayed dhuhr on the water. And then went back into the ship. And when they asked him, why did you come back to the ship? He said, this is the Qadr of Allah, right? I know this is the Qadr of Allah. And then, uh, obviously, he's got a, an ocean right yeah. there, too. But he's not going anywhere. But uh, he came back onto the ship. And by the way, go to the history of the Italians with Omar Mukhtar. Omar Mukhtar, they disallowed him water in his cell. So for Fajr, how can he make wudu? He used to undo... He ha- Allah had given him a sir. You've heard this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Allah gave him a sir that he could unlock any door. He would go out, go to the fountain, make wudu, pray fajr outside, and come back into the jail. Another one in Sudan. He had a, a, a large family. He used Allah gave him the same sir. He fought the he fought the British in Sudan. He would go out of the jail, go tuck his kids in bed, right, and go back into the jail because he knew that this is qadr of Allah for him, right? But Allah gave him that karama. And by the way. Many people have these karamat, but they don't change the qadr of Allah. Such as Sa'd ibn Abi Waqqas. Sayyidina Sa'd ibn Abi Waqqas was mujab al-da'wah. Any youth, any mom, any kid, any guy who needed something in Kufa would go to him. Now remember, these are second generation Muslims. So they're like living normal lives. And right. oh, there's a, there's a sahabi, right? 
These aren't Sahaba who fought with the Prophet, lived with the Prophet. Right, They're regular right. people. But one of the founding, you know, Sahaba of Islam is there. So they would visit him and say to him, uh, make du'a for this, make du'a for that. And their du'a would be answered. Then he went blind in old age. So, oh. so they said to him, well, why don't you make du'a? You, we know you're Mujabid Dawah. You know you're Mujabid Dawah. He said, it gives me more pleasure to submit to Allah Azza wa Jal than to see. Than to be able to see. It gives me more pleasure to accept Allah as well. So these awliya, why they're given this is because Allah knows they don't abuse it. And whatever the qadr of Allah is, they accept it and know the wisdom of it. Omar Mukhtar is one of them. This Sudanese example. Of course, I wish to have them uh, that I had some kind of source that I could provide people. But uh, it's never something I just never looked up. I'm sure up. there'll his, be people in the comments. His time period was uh, 1850 to 1927. Oh, subhanAllah. Now, my point of this was, what is our purpose? Is our purpose now to simply uh, get our anger out, right? Which has been this the podcast has been a great means for that because <laughs> because a lot of this stuff you read and, and it just drives you nuts and not only nuts it, it makes you nervous about the future and the future generation you need to be nervous together right and uh, elocute this stuff together but now that we've reached that we have to ask ourselves now what's the point and i think the point is we got to be able to trickle this to the common folks so removing subjectivity and number two is removing that which can be perceived even as an offense to an individual ideas can be critiqued and they should be and we should not cut any corners on ideas and there is even a fiqh of when a person should be called out right there's a fiqh on that if someone publishes a a, a book you call out you, you can talk about the book right right Maybe, you know like and, and i did that without any embarrassment recently about reza aslan's book and his description of god you know, I said, really, honestly, the guy's ahead of his game because I thought it would take 20 years before the liberals lose sight wait, of who wait, God he is. he had a description of God? Yeah, basically he said in it, it what? was so absurd, it was unbelievable, that... Uh, Alex in <clears throat> Of the nature of God. The nature of God. Well, and well, he basically well, said God... This one of the things, God has no more right to dictate wrong. morality than to you than I have, right, than we have to dictate to each other. That's number one. And he said, uh, you know, the, the, the search for God isn't isn't far, isn't I long. I mean, he's a murtad. Yeah, he's not a Muslim. No, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, some, something like that. Well, you put it in public. You put it in public. And it's got to be treated. And uh, it's got to be treated. And if you can try to put your message in a way that's most palatable to most people, because then we have to ask yourself, well, what is the point of all this? Right. And it's and I think I don't know. Alan, would you agree that yeah, we've reached that critical mass? And yeah. I think we can and, pass, and move I, on. I think now. that one of the important one of the important factors, and this is uh, calling out people generally, not individually, specifically. But one of the important factors that we have to consider is that if you look at who's uh, public Muslims promoting a this liberal uh, pro LGBT pro Israel, by the way, always. Agenda, right? This Which whole, is totally like this whole not fitting people, the liberal right? agenda. Who you who you see? All the the liberal type Muslims, even if they wear hijab, even if they have some kind of beard, even if they're even given the title of imam or something like that. These people, with to to a to a person, are financed, supported by big institutions, big donors, and as you trace them back, it goes back to non-Muslim foundations. There was just an article in Religion and Ethics Weekly or something like that. Uh, I shared it with you guys. It, it, this is not it wasn't critical of them it wasn't like oh look at who's funding the most these muslim liberals it was actually like awesome 
Muslims yeah. are working with non-Muslims mm-hmm. to promote these great ideas about Israel and gays and right. whatever, right? Then you look at what you said earlier, Sheikh, is the alt bros, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, nobody's that's what paying we were any money. About. The alt bros. Yeah, that that's how it got discussion yeah. started because I I was meeting with the Madam Luke's brothers and uh, they said, hey, you know that they call us now the alt bros. What is that? The alt bros. It's it's it's, it's like alt right Muslim guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so silly. <laughs> and so the the interesting thing is, so you look at all these people, right? And they're it's like the ones that are on Al Jazeera and the ones that have this. They all have these connections to these two or three foundations, right? Mm-hmm. That all have con- connections to these major foundations like Ford, the Ford Foundation, Soros. What's that? George Soros. Yeah. Um, the State Department, no matter who's, which party is in power, the State Department is connected with them. So all of these people have these big connections to these, uh, to, to these major organizations. The so-called Oprahs, we're doing it simply From for the real- love of the, of, yeah. of the Oprah. Yeah. Nobody's paying us. In fact, we're doing it at, our, at the expense of our time, our, yeah. our own money, and for nothing other than Allah's pleasure. Mm-hmm. So we're not being paid for an agenda we're mm-hmm. simply doing it because we believe that the word is necessary f- to be spread to the people as opposed to people who are like well, they're getting big money for yeah. it and yeah. they're getting funded for it and they're making careers <clears throat> out of it I, we, I have a real job aside from <laughs> talking about these issues so and, what yeah. go ahead so b- go, ahead, go ahead I was just gonna say uh, what's gonna last what's gonna last is that which comes from the heart and lands in the hearts of other people who believe in family and have kids and transmit it to their hearts mm-hmm. right not just what's done for a dollar Absolutely. Now, one thing that uh, I wanted to say is, you know, while I was coming here, you know, one thing I was thinking about is like, you know, I have, first of all, I haven't seen you guys in a long time. I'm going to physically move you back up to North Brunswick because that was so fun driving that two minutes. (laughs) He lived two minutes from my house last year, every Monday night, driving that two minutes, getting ready to have those crackers that your wife used to put on the table that had like crack in it, right? Oh, yeah. Is that where crackers come from? (laughs) (laughs) So Moin used to have these pistachio rice, rice with pistachio crackers. We used to eat those. And record every single Monday night. Uh, Those are awesome. Those are awesome. So so we're going to drive down and kidnap you (laughs) and and pay the rent ourselves, right? (laughs) So, uh, you know, one thing I realized since we've been on break and, you know, I've been really busy with work and other things is I've tried my best. Actually, I haven't even tried. I've been so busy. I haven't been able to read up on articles and, (laughs) and things that have been going on in the Muslim world. And one thing that I realized that interacting with now like a lot of clients and folks especially muslims muslim clients and muslim folks that i meet is there is most people don't even want a lot of people don't even know about these issues Mm. Two, and especially when it comes to people who are working busy we read up on these things so we feel like you know like everything is a huge problem everything is a big deal and Mm. and we sort of realistically a lot of those things are on the fringe yeah, and, and they but they to, are, but we someone's got to keep them on the fresh, absolutely right? absolutely yeah. now now I'm not saying they're not a big deal but I've noticed especially you know because I, I sort of switched to that side for a bit which is I was so busy okay. at work that I was like I'm not what gives you a good friend. perspective yeah it gave me a good perspective to realize it's like hey the majority of people their problem is really like basic day to day bother like yeah. people can't even do that they can't even yeah. keep up with you know just praying five times a day you know, being good to their neighbor, being good to other people. And, you know, that is a, and when it comes to like pure spirituality, like sitting yeah. down and doing dhikr, and I think you mentioned this in one of your solos, people don't do this. Dude, it gets railroaded by regular daily life, nine to five life, Absolutely. dinner, supermarket, kids' homework, you're spent by 
9 p.m. You're done. Te- they could, when your your kids have an exam, and the next day you're staying up with them till 9:30. You're spent. There is no such thing as sitting down for thicker for most people. Now, I'll give. Let me give you my perspective. My perspective is a parent comes to the masjid with their 17 year old kid, and I'm looking at the kid, and the kid's ideas are all formed already, mm-hmm. and this parent has no chance. Right? Why do he has he have no chance? He was he's in a ball game he shouldn't be in. The kid's got his phone. He's on Twitter. He's following certain celebrities. The celebrities are all doing their celebrity thing and doing their cause thing, right? And you know what their causes are going to be. And the kid has latched on, and that's the language he speaks, right? And once he drops two or three words, you know exactly what kind of uh, pop culture and media that he's in, uh, ingesting. So when I see the, those almost like parents getting railroaded, okay, by uh, pop culture and the media, it makes me feel like, oh my gosh, mm. you guys have to wake up. Absolutely, like you guys, yeah. okay, you don't have time for this. Your your problems are very basic. Listen, let me tell you what your problems are gonna be in the future. Because those kids have right? all the time in the world to be on the internet reading yeah. stupid stuff. Yeah, yeah that, I mean that's but definitely that, true. It, it, they're not reading articles uh, detailing this in yeah. like an intellectual yeah. way. No. They're reading Vox yeah. exactly. or one of those other hellhole websites. Right. Yes. Or they're just like, like the, like Sheikh said, they're just following some celebrity who's saying, don't be transphobic. Yeah. yeah. And when when I see uh, in the in Juma, a lot of guys come up to me. Now, Juma is so di- diverse in MBSC from the aspect of you have drivers, people who speak two words of English. You have people who are professors, right? You have people who are very wealthy and well off. So... A lot of people come and say, give us a khutbah that we can sort of deal with and don't bring up these other issues. And my answer is, I'll give you a little bit of that in the khutbah, right? But this is not going to be a consumer khutbah. I am telling you what's coming, right? I'm telling you. And one of the things that I saw in um, the movie on uh, Nelson Mandela was he went in jail. He got softened in jail, right? He came out and he realized the situation is different. He realized the whites are scared. The establishment's scared. He said, now that they're scared, we can talk, right? And he made a deal with them. Now, his wife and his wife's followers were still on that old school, right? And they wanted war. They wanted to wipe them out. And Nelson Mandela said, we're not wiping them out. We're making a deal, right? And we're going to live peacefully thereafter. And someone in his inner circle said, I have have to speak up here. The people are not going to accept that. And his response was so amazing. He said, we're going to make them accept it. We're their leaders. Yeah. We make them accept it. So I look at it in two ways. From the one aspect, because we read, that's our job. That's the whole purpose of what we're there. I'm telling you what the problem is going to be, right? And I'm not going to tell you what you think you need. Look at, uh, and we can't make an example with Allah, but Allah tells us this is what you need to worry about. Right. We don't tell him what we're worried about, right? Well, we shouldn't use that example because that's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But uh, in any field, doctors, lawyers will tell you, I'll tell you what the what your problems are, mm. right? No, you don't just tell me, I'll tell you as well. Yeah, so it's the you're, same thing. You're, you're smoking cigarettes. I can tell, I'm telling you what's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Right? Right. This is from experience. And- exactly. So you. So the second thing is, now that's that's with the people, right? Uh, on why these sub-issues are important. Now, like what we were just discussing, I really think that, we have to keep it, keep the momentum up, but we have to take it to another level. And I think there should always be people like Sayyidina Abi Dhar, who he always had the brass knuckles on. He did not pull punches. He was not politically correct. He was not liked by the elite. But not everyone was Abu Dhar at the same time. 
you had other Sahaba who equally kept the same haq, they cut no corners, and they, yet they presented in a way that you're, everyone, more people can accept. And that's what I'm looking at now. If we don't trans, transcend, if not some of us, don't transcend that barrier and turn that corner, these move, types of movements fizzle out and they remain on the fringe. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. And there's, there definitely needs to be voices that, you know, tackle these things. It's just an observation that I made, you know, yeah. as I've been busy. Like, you know, most people, the biggest issue is atheism is huge. I see so many Muslims now just yeah. on the brink of like, forget praying. I mean, they yeah. don't really believe in Allah. And even if they say la ilaha illallah, you know, like that firm foundation yeah. of iman. Like, okay, you know, I can trust Allah. Allah's going to take care of things. I'm scared. I have taqwa. Uh, you see a huge diminishment of this, you know, just across. What's your, what, what do you think, if you have any thoughts on why that is? I think, you know, you, you mentioned like the example of like, uh, you know, you telling somebody about cigarettes, right? It's like, oh, you know, don't smoke cigarettes. One thing that I tend to think about often is you always get that kid, you know, in eighth grade or like, let's not eighth grade, but let's say you get that kid in like 10th grade, 11th grade, you know, who goes through the, you know, like the D.A.R.E. program in schools where they're like, you know, don't you, you go through health class and you learn about all of the negative effects of cigarettes and drugs and, you know, all these things. And they and teach what it you can, everything about drugs so that when you... Yeah, no, no. And, and you learn you learn about all of the negative effects that it can have on I you. Cut it up, cookie. Yeah, cut, 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 no, but whatever top. it is, right? We could bring in Silva for that episode, man. <laughs> that was his education. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> but, you know, they you learn about all the negative effects and then you find the same kid you know, he's like smoking a joint in the parking lot after school or maybe like, in, in, you know, wherever. Now, it's like one thing that I tend to think about is like, how, how does he know that it's bad for him? But then he's still smoking it anyway. You know, what does he That's say? It's like, we're human know, beings. Well, what does he say? It's like, whatever. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Smoking it, whatever, right? <laughs> yeah. Now, that same kid. It's a lack right? of confidence, by the way, in who's, saying, who's making the claims. But, mm. but, the, but, but the strange thing is, right, that same kid, you, you put him at home. Let's say he's a Daisy kid, right? Yeah. You put him at home. He's smoking a joint in his room. What happens as soon as his dad pulls up in the driveway? Yeah, he's shutting it off. The, 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 that the, thing's the, gone. It yeah. goes away, right? The kid is probably gone. Right. And I always found it crazy that, you know, the idea of the fear of the father, whether it's, you know, the fear of knowing what the cigarette can do to you is far less than the fear of, you know, yeah. just the immediate, like what his dad's going to do to him. Yeah, yeah. Right. And when it comes to like Iman, I think it's, it's the same thing, right? You can... Uh, like, you know, you could tell someone that the day of judgment is like, you know, coming. It's, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's happening. It's, it's the equivalent of somebody looking outside and seeing there's a tornado yeah. right outside. Yeah. It's going it's to smash me yeah. in five I mean, minutes, but now I'm going to continue working yeah. on my like unnecessary yeah. Excel program, yeah. Excel <laughs> file or something, right? Oh, I, I think what you're <laughs> getting at is the tangibility. I think people tend to think that those things are less tangible right when they're just as tangible right like the fact that you're gonna die is just as tangible as like you getting up in the morning but i think in the hierarchy of what people think is more tangible they place that at a at a, at a less important well i have uh, a couple things on that is that a lot of times if you read the biographies of let's say sufyan uthori the great sufyan uthori who is uh, a massive figure in hadith except that his piety uh caused him to burn all his books before he died and not to have followers and to be moving his from place to place that he wrote yeah 
and not to have followers and students. Otherwise, he would have had a madhab. He could have his scholarship could it was equivalent to Abu Hanifa and uh, Imam Malik, so Imam Abu Hanifa and Malik. But one of the things Sufyan Thodi said is that I sought knowledge in the beginning without ever thinking about Allah as that pure intention. Like we sought knowledge for other than the sake of Allah because we were young kids just seeking knowledge. Ma'amar ibn Rashid was one of the top students of Az-Zuhri and one of the early narrators. Like he's before Imam Malik even. Like he's older than Imam Malik. Pretty sure he's older than Imam Malik. He said that I sought knowledge because I was sent to Medina to sell some cloth and I was staying in the house of a people. And an old man would come visit the house every night and he would talk. And everyone was listening. So one day I figured, like one day passed, two days passed, I figured, let me sit and listen to this man too. And he kept telling nice stories, right? He didn't realize that's Zuhri and he's transmitting golden hadiths with very short chains of transmission, right? And he said, in the beginning I sat because everyone else sat. And then he said, but the knowledge forced, eventually the knowledge makes you have a good intention because you keep reading these different things about intention, etc., etc. So my point is that Sometimes you, your motivation is one, you start with, the, with, with no intention at all, but you get into habits. And I was talking to a Catholic woman the other day, and we were just, uh, it was at the, the wedding, and we were just chit-chatting, and, I, and we we're talking about what motivates people to do good in school. And she said that she was motivated by something to, to do good in school, and she never got what she wanted, but she just got into the habit of doing good, so she just kept doing good, right, in school. So likewise... People get into the habit of something for different mm-hmm. reasons, and then later on, the, the the real intention catches up with them, and that's totally okay. So, Sayyidina Omar did the same thing. When he was giving out, uh, I think the prize was 500 gold coins, Samar Surat al-Baqarah. Do it for the money. So, Sayyidina Omar said, do it for the money. He's going to get used to it, right? And then you're going to enjoy it. Then you're going to do it for the right reason after that. So, my point is to what you were saying is that when it comes to youth, right, Sitting in the circle of knowledge, memorizing your surah, right? Saying the du'a, learning how, and I'm, and we're going to put in another uh, uh, ingredient which I can, we cannot exist without, which is learning how to make dhikr, right? Do it, and it's like you're doing your homework. Do it, whether you like it or not, right? You you do it a little bit, not you don't push it too much. You're, that kid is going to do it in the beginning, like you said, because his dad's going to yell at him, or not yell at him, you know, scold him. Whatever. Yeah. As a teen, he's going to realize, oh, this is there's a wisdom to this. This stuff makes sense, right? And he's used to it. Now when he has a problem or he feels miserable, depressed, the idea of sitting himself down and doing an hour of recitation or dhikr is already built into his life. He knows how to do it. So that's the point of one of the reasons why you have atheism on the rise is that this basic health, spiritual health, imani health, is not being given to people, Right? And when they even get like a taste of it, like they think it's a, you know, an otherworldly experience. Yeah. Then I tell you about the, the you know, I, I know a guy totally, you know, basically left all forms of religion, mm-hmm. but he still pays, you know. Like, you have to go to like yoga classes. He pays like yeah. just, you know, pays like 800 bucks a month to like go to like some eight <sighs> yoga class. It was like, for what? It's like, yeah. oh, they give you like spiritual tips. It's stretching. Yoga what? is advanced. Well, it's not a yoga it's, class. It's like, it a, it's like a, meditation? it's like a meditation or whatever, but um, guided meditation. You know what? I, I, I should just, I could do that, man. I'm about to start. Guided meditation stuff. Take a room, a studio, paint Get it all white. To pray. Paint, paint the thing all white. <laughs> 
and sit Indian That's style. How you do it. No, but you don't call it. No, no, no. You call it. You call it meditation. It's you you could actually make a lot of money by yeah. just setting up a class that said, you know, Sufi, Sufi, yeah, uh, yeah. Sufi mm-hmm. litany group, right? Yeah. Make it all meet yeah. up. Except and somebody yeah. will Google him and they'll be like, oh man, I know, I know. He's not a perennial. I know. Sheikh, you know, you said when you were telling the story about Omar ibn Khattab radiallahu anhu. Mm-hmm. It, uh, I just, I just had a, uh, so I thought that I wanted to share with it is, five hundred gold coins. It's a lot. That is mm-hmm. a ton of money. It's, but how long ago is that? Fourteen hundred years yeah. ago. You know how, if somebody had five hundred gold coins, Today. you know how dispersed that would be by now. Yeah, gone. Yeah, like his descendants would have nothing. Yeah, right. Yeah. If he memorized Surah Al-Baqarah, the weight of that. That's true. Five hundred gold coins is nothing. Yeah, it's nothing. And that teaching, he's passing that down and <laughs> passing it to his friends and getting his friends going. Even if it's just him. Like yeah. his one recitation of Surah Al-Baqarah is worth so much more. SubhanAllah, yeah, there you go. I mean, the wisdom of Sayyidina Umar. And what, you know what amazes me about this is that you think of these Sahaba and you think of a world-changing period of time, right? Well, there were moments in the Sira where you had regular community life and you have a new generation who've never seen the Prophet Wasallam who are living outside of Medina. They've never seen the Kaaba, some of them. All the children of the soldiers born in Kufa and Egypt and Yemen now, right? And Persia. They've never seen the Kaaba. They've never been to the Prophet's mosque. They've only heard of Islam from their parents. They're surrounded by pagans still because don't don't for, don't think that when the Muslims went into these countries that everyone became Muslim. No. It was just the city was Muslim. The rest of the people were still Christian or pagan or what have you, right? So now you have these youth coming up without that same fire in their belly that the Sahaba had, but the Sahaba are still alive. And here you have a great Sahabi. He's looking at this generation and he's thinking, we got to do something, right? And Sayyidina Omar said, he really worries about kids born in Islam. Like you've never tasted the bitterness of kufr so that you can appreciate what you have. So basically what he's saying is they see Islam and it's just like nothing to them. Everyday life. Everyday life. How do you motivate them? So it's amazing to me to think about Sayyidina Omar going through the same thing that most like Sunday school types of people are thinking about, yeah. right? Or Jum'ah, kids coming in, and not really motivated, doesn't care. And they're thinking about that. And those two people coexisted at the same time. By the way, I'm going to give a, an amazing piece of advice that's not amazing from me. It's amazing from someone who is amazing, um, which is, it's, it, it's and it's been a, incredible in my life and anybody that I've talked to that did it. You have a commute. All of us do, right? Mm. Some some people have a short one and there's benefits to that. But if you have any kind of commute, 20 minutes or more, do your dicker in the car. Mm. Turn off the radio. Mm-hmm. Don't listen to whatever. Even if you oh, only listen to NPR, turn off all the poison Yeah, and just do your dicker in the car as you're driving. Yeah. Your recitation of Quran. Or, or even, you know, like... <clears throat> or if you're on a train, even better. Pe- people yeah. are on like, you know, and everybody's on like a health health craze now people go to the gym and stuff do it while you're on the treadmill that's yeah. like you know like it's, it's yeah you're like doing it for you're like running combo. for 30 minutes yeah. anyway yeah combo it well you, you know that you said earlier that regarding sexuality these celebrities had so much access to women that they got bored of women mm-hmm. right well the funny thing is that we do the same thing with food right uh you go to any country and the the elites eat mm-hmm. right they eat right you come here and they like to starve themselves, right? <laughs> they be, they take these diets on, right? It's almost yeah. like food is sort of not cool. It's boring, right? What's cool? Going on some crazy diet, right? And being yeah. totally skinny and having an empty stomach, right? Yeah, and, and you mentioned like the idea of like tangibility, mm-hmm. right? One thing that's uh, interesting is 
it, it, and we talk about this many, many podcasts, but I think it's really important for people to realize it is tangibility is almost like driven into us by nature. Like, for example, you just mentioned the, the story, the story of the, the sheikh, uh, you know, he prayed on the water, mm-hmm. right? You know, like mine and Saad's immediate reaction was like, oh, you know, like, like oh, it, yeah, stories. it's like, yeah. it's like, yeah. oh, you know, like that, that's, you know, that's ridiculous yeah. or whatever, yeah. you know, you know, we believe it happened, but it's like, like, theoretically we believe it happened, but there's always that like tinge of yeah. like, you know, did it really happen? Yeah. Now you go tell that same story to like my great grandmother in the village and she'll be like subhanallah without any yeah, ounce no doubt. Mm-hmm. An, yeah. any ounce of doubt nothing right it's just yeah. straight that's, pure that's belief right, by the way. Yeah. what she's right <laughs> absolutely that's what i'm saying way, here's she's here's right he 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 passed away 90 years ago uh 91 years i guess this year that's not even a century he has 3 million uh, murids yeah. in uh, west africa and uh, throughout the world 3 million a hundred almost 100 years after the, and he was a tiny Man, like phys- he was not like uh, uh, the the opposite of his uh, Sheikh Ibrahim and Yes, yeah. right? Sheikh Ibrahim and Yes of the Tijaniya. Right. He was like six six, no six eight or six nine. He towered, right? He established a city. He had so many followers, Sheikh Ibrahim and Yes, that he went to an empty uh, spot of Senegal, and he created a city called Medina Bay. That that all his murids, like that, he had so many murids. Like we need a city. So he went to an empty area and literally like the mailman's a murid. Imagine that, right? The guy, everyone is a murid. They need a city. He was the first, he was a scholar, by the way, too. He wasn't a goof. The 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 Azhar invited him and he was the first non-Azhari ever to give the khutbah. MashaAllah. At Azhar. Like he was an alim, not educated at Azhar, but they gave him an honorary uh, ijazah and gave him the khutbah. He gave the khutbah and the Egyptian scholars honored him. Right in Azhar wow. in the sixties, I think that is the sixties. Ibrahim and his grant is amazing. He had um, a daughter named Fatima, and his number one uh, student was Ali. Right, and <laughs> the 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 the, the the position of the leadership didn't go to his son; it went to his top student, who was Ali Sisi. Right, and then Ali Sisi, what do you think his son's name was? Hassan Sisi. Hassan Sisi now he has uh, he's the one who started coming to America he was educated in England and uh, I think he that he passed away and now it's Mahi Sisi right is the sheikh Hmm. and these are the Tijaniya who are um, uh, out of Senegal out of Senegal so there's that leader who was this towering figure who ran a city and then you have this other figure who never tried to threaten the French but his following was so huge they exiled him they to exiled the forest. Him. Yeah. <laughs> they sent him to live in the yeah. forest. They exiled him. And guess what? It made things worse yeah. because he became a legend. Right? <laughs> but by the way, so yeah. when towards the end of his life, they actually, the French honored him and yeah. gave him like some French foreign yeah. legion medal yeah. or something. Yeah. Mm. So like, subhanAllah. And he, all he yeah. did was just, Nothing. I'm just being Muslim. Yeah. And, and his, and his principle, it's probably take me 10 years to get there, but maybe less. But uh, he never disobeyed his God. Uh, the hard part in the first place and never offended his creation Mm. and and, but like you know coming back to the idea of like the 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 old woman you know she's gonna believe it right the tangibility aspect of it so i always wonder it's like how do you get that like doubt out of our hearts yeah right that like little bit of like you know it's also the company that people keep i was gonna say you have to meet people that you meet people 
you meet certain people and you'll say and it, it, all those doubts d- just mm-hmm. fall away because you yeah. see people that are, are things that you've only heard about and stories yeah. or read about in books and those mm-hmm. people exist i think people are used to um dealing with these things in the abstract and when it when it becomes a practical thing when you're around people that make it practical that you know live by these values then I mean, there's a certain human effect that it has on you, right? It's like you can clinically break down things in the abstract and be like, oh, I understand this idea and and this is why I believe in this idea. But unless it's real for you in a personal sense, then, you know, it it doesn't stick in the same way. And also, have you ever lived with someone or knew someone and then you hear and they have an opinion and then you hear someone talk about the opposite idea? And then in your voice, in your mind, I mean, you hear the voice of that person, like, you know, you know exactly what they would say. And it's like immediate. It's happening so quickly. That happens the same thing. Like when you when you hear a Karama story like that and you're interacting with uh, John and Betty and Steve and Susan, right? Immediately, the first reaction is, well, what are they going to think of that? Right. Because you're so close to them. You see them every single day. Mm-hmm. Right. What are they going to think of that? So that's now your grandma in India doesn't have that. Right, exactly. So that's so, the difference, you know. So spinal. I mean, that that's one thing, you know, the 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 idea of tangibility. But to answer your question, Alex, you know, why does that happen to people? I think it's this, right? You know, people bad company, bad company, bad interactions with people. Yeah. It's you know they always say that you know the uh, I think Sheikh Hamza Yusuf gives this example like the you know the the, the average the, of the five people post. <laughs> no, not that, but I think he gives us one example, and I'm sure he, it's from somewhere. Is that like some kind of principle? I don't know. Computers I heard or something. That, yeah. What is it? I have no idea. You're what the average it? of the five people. Is that like a, a like a thing. like a like a business uh, thing? Or that's what they say, but that's not what she comes to say. I was going to give. You know, I'm asking. I'm asking because that there's a hadith. That, of the sahaba yeah you're on the religion of your companions yeah yeah i mean they say it's like if you add up the five closest people in your life like yeah. that's that like basically makes up your personality personality like yeah. your best that's, your that's five horrible best, if you're like your married five best with four friends. kids <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're very... no it's like your five best friends right? oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's got to be of your choosing because yeah. even we had a, there were awliya who salahin who had really tough uh spouses you know? <laughs> nah. how about and Firaun, for example right, right? So. Oh, that's that's tougher than I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was uh, what's his name? Um, not to cut you off, we're gonna get back to your thing. But uh, this funny story was uh, Habib al Ajami. Habib al Ajami was one of those. His wife, he married a woman, and she really didn't have much of the interest that he had. But they were married. It happens, right? It just happens sometimes. And then um, she would just all day, all even. We're so poor and complain and complain every single night. And he would just leave in the morning and he had committed it his himself that he's just going to worship Allah, right? That's it. I'm just worshiping Allah. So he would just work, worship Allah. And he said, I was, I was with serving the master and the master's promised me that he's going to pay me, right? And then uh, one day he comes home besides her, not her usual complaints, rather the height, the house is lit up with candles, right? Uh, the house smells good with some bakhur. There's food cooking on the stove. She's got a new dress on. Right? There's hot water in the bath. I just said, what's this? And she said, well, your boss finally paid you. He's like, what is it? How? He said, well, a man came in with a cart, a horse dragging a cart, and he just emptied these baskets into the house. And he said, uh, tell Habib, keep up the good work. And he left. 
Subhanallah. This one of the one of the mushins of the Shadi Tariq from uh, I think Algeria. He had a, a wife that was like a tyrant, right? Like she would yell at him in front of his murids. Yell at him, throw stuff at him, hit him, get out of the house, and all this kind of stuff. And he just took it. And uh, the report is that one one time one of his murids said, Sheikh, why don't you just divorce her? It's halal to divorce. Yeah. And he said, this is my risk from Allah. Yeah. This is what I've, right? And he just accepted it humbly and yeah. kept it going. And that's a big karama right there. Yeah. yeah. Right? Because this is a Sheikh with, like students, hundreds, mm-hmm. and they gather, and everybody's telling him how he's the sheikh of yeah, all the yeah. sheikh, right? There's wisdom in that. And yet, he puts up with this woman abusing him publicly in front of everyone. Yeah. yeah. There was a woman in Egypt, she was a very famous uh, woman known for her piety. She used to go to the, the great, the Seyed Zainab Mosque and meet people there in the courtyard. And she had a little room right next to there uh, that she would stay in there. She would come out for like three, four days. And then she would come out to the people again and everyone would come and she was like Baraka of the of the, of the, that neighborhood. Her life was that her father was a sheikh. And then she married a sheikh. Then that sheikh died. So she married another man. Then that man was miserable. He was horrible, right? Horrible man. And she, she, she couldn't stand her existence for seven years. Then he died. Well, she says in her autobiographical account, like the interviews people did, is that I did not know normal life. Like, all I knew was daughter of the sheikh, wife of the sheikh, right? So how did Allah teach me a lesson? So I learned by marrying this man who was like a smoker, who would curse, look at women, right? Wouldn't care if the food's halal, like problems, real problems, not getting up to pray, all these things, spend all day watching, all night watching TV, so a regular, that's a regular Egyptian man to, to her. She's, <laughs> <laughs> right? to, to her, she's like, what? This is, uh, this is insanity to her. But she, has to, she had to learn what is a regular man in order for her to help the people. Is this in the book from uh, Dr. Barbara? What's her name? That was in the, no, uh, that was in the book by Helminski, Kabir Helminski's okay. wife, him and his wife. So it was the Odia of the women. Because right. there's and, there's a I think I can't remember any there's a there's a PhD there's a religious scholar a yeah PhD, Barbara, Barbara what's her last name uh, I used to know all these people Was she in Pennsylvania uh, Chicago I think Chicago. who are these people <laughs> academics um, she she has a she Oops. she did a she did a, a lot of work with uh, like these uh, sheikhs and these uh, Sufi women in Syria I think in yeah. Damascus yeah anyways uh, your point about Sheikh Hamza was so so I was saying you know that I think he mentioned a point where um, that you know old grandfather clocks if you put like a you know a, a less uh, powerful grandfather clock next to another grandfather clock you know they would sort of like become in tune with one another in yeah. terms of their rhythm and you know hearts are the same way you know you you align your heart with someone that's evil and they you know they their 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 heart is more powerful than you then you'll align with the evil heart I right like that analogy right and the same way is you you align yourself with people who have good you know hearts clean pure hearts and then mm-hmm. you'll see you know that you'll see yourself become a better person. And there's people you'll meet along your life where just as soon as you meet them, you're like, this is a good guy. Yeah. You know, like you don't know anything about them. Well, you say it's like, eh, you know, it, and they might not even be super like, you know, religious, you know, for example, but you just meet them and you realize, you know, this, this yeah. is a good guy, you know, like at the, at the core. Question for you. How many minutes a day does the average American spend thinking about his health? Probably a lot now. A lot now. Yeah. It's popular, right? Especially if, yeah. popular. If, especially if they're educated, if yeah. they're right. Now, what if I was to tell you that 
someone go along living in America right now in this era with our food, with our habits and everything, that they would think about their health for five minutes a year up to the age of 20. What would his status be at the age of 20? Like he doesn't care about. That's how he's it is, eating though. late. He's yeah, snacking. That's how people are. That's how people are 20, right? right? Yeah. Okay. Kids so don't think about that. All right. Add. add so, where, but where would his health be? Yeah. He's eating burger. Okay. Add another. Add, say, let's say thirty. Up to I age mean, of thirty. Now he's now he's at a problem. Now, yeah. He's he's, out, nah. he's overweight. Yeah. He's overweight. He's pre-diabetic. Weak. He's got. Yeah. How are his lungs? He can't reproduce. How are his lungs? Yeah. Right. Torn now, how I feel it's the same. It's because the st- the standard default situation regarding our our food, our we sit all day, mm-hmm. right? The default setting is going to be bad, right? Unless you push against that grain and purposely stretch, purposely hit the treadmill, purposely don't eat after certain hours, right? Purposely don't eat certain foods. How was, why is it any different with you men? So when you used to talk about people like their uh, on the rise, uh, people just leaving Islam on the rise, right? It's like, if you don't pay attention to this thing, on a regular basis, you're not going to have a good. It's going to atrophy, just like health, right? You purposely got to do your push-ups. You purposely got to stretch. Mm-hmm. You purposely got to uh, yeah, do certain make things. Time for mm-hmm. it. You got to make time for it. And the 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 way of the past, which a lot of immigrants come and they think it's the past, right? Is the default of a Muslim sixty years ago in pick a random Muslim country? Which what you, we're it's 2018. Go to 60 years ago. Right, whatever that takes us, yeah. nineteen what fifty eight, okay. Pick a random Muslim country, Morocco. Morocco, your average guy. The society is supporting his iman and building it for him, whether he likes it or not. Right. right? So he doesn't. If he pays ten percent attention, he's still getting a seventy percent result, because the whole society's praying. His colleagues stopping for salah. He has to put zero effort to just to get to mm, passing grade baseline. Baseline. It's like living in uh, the Bay Area in California mm-hmm. and the food thing we were talking yeah, about. And exactly. How, yeah. Like the whole, your whole community is like, yeah. you got to eat whole grain. You got to you gotta look for junk. You got to look for junk. Or uh, take the analogy of... look for haram. Yep. Those, yeah. Yeah. My brother was saying he was in San Francisco recently for like a client thing. Mm-hmm. And he was like, he doesn't even have any like ideological positions on like Uber versus yeah. Lyft. But like over there, they're, they're actively like, anti-uber right because yeah. of the various controversies that yeah, uber is engaged in and he was yeah. like he was like just because everybody was taking a lift like i ended up taking a lift too right because right. it's it's that that's the environment right like you kind of you go with that yeah. that flow and it's like the same you, way. you couldn't have a native american back in the day who was like not strong yeah right he didn't have to lift right. lifestyle made him that way it's, it, today if you want to keep your islam at all if you just want to keep it you got to put in effort if you want to advance it, you got to put in a lot of effort. By the way, just to, to follow up with your examples, the first one about the, the health and the food and diet and nutrition and exercise, this is all to forestall. It's just a, to push back an inevitability, which is death, mm-hmm. right? The break illness and death, which will happen. Mm-hmm. The other one is forever, mm. and you might be like losing it mm-hmm. yeah. like mm-hmm. even if you just treat your health terribly so you're gonna die you're gonna die anyway and actually you're gonna die the same day. To that's, that that's my dad's philosophy <laughs> no. you're gonna die the same day you were gonna die it's just that yeah. it might be more uncomfortable because yeah. yeah. you you know you don't you have your bones hurt when yeah. you stand up or whatever it's better to be healthy i mean yeah. also you should take care of what uh, this the, is the from Amana, the it's better to be healthy that, that yeah. god has entrusted you with my right? dad's my dad's <laughs> philosophy when it come when it came to health was was always that I'm going to die anyway. I might as well enjoy it, right? <laughs> and then when he, he did have uh, 
near heart attack. He had to do a bi- triple bypass, right? And he spent three weeks basically immobile. And then he's back up. And the doctor said, this will give you 10 years. Then you got to come check it with us again. So then everyone in the family says, see where your philosophy got you? Yeah, he said, yeah, three weeks. Three weeks I was in bed. Now I'm back. Right? Yeah, <laughs> That's where it got me. <laughs> so, you know, you know that when we mentioned the idea of uh, tangibility and like you just mentioned, you know, something you just have to do it anyway. I think, you know, when it comes to Ibadah, like you might not feel it in the beginning just because, you know, some of our hearts are just like covered with like, same thing with jogging. You jog right. the first three weeks, nothing you happens. Yeah, nothing you're miserable happened. the first mm-hmm. week. You're miserable, out. yeah. The first month of working out, you're yeah. like, and you see no results. Yeah. yeah. And you're like looking in the mirror, like, I look yeah. worse. Yeah. 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 But you yeah. Know and you feel that worse. It will work. yeah. yeah, you know. It's you just, just, um, you and you just have science. to keep going. You trust you only, the process. Yeah, you have to trust the process, and you only see those results after I'm like not a, a month. Right. And and the same goes with dhikr or ibadah, right? In the beginning, you know. It might just be tedious. It might be yeah. a pain, you know. But you just have to push well, it through. Might be awesome. Do Do you know what a lot of a lot, what a lot of mashaykh do? Knowing the Western mindset and everything, is that you got to log in the hours and they give sheets, right? And if you take every three months, like a quarterly report, do you expect to get a result without logging in hours? That's insane. You're not going to make money without logging in hours. We That's all know true, that, actually, right? Yeah. So when I look at if I do a quarterly report of my no effort. By time, just take it objectively. Just by the hours that you put into this, you think Allah is going to cheat you, right? You're going to get something. So if I put in the, uh, uh, do an assessment of from January, February, March on April 1st, what is my accounts? What is my account? How many hours have I logged in? Why don't we take this thing rationally here, right? And if I say, look, Allah, Allah, oh Allah, uh, you know, sincerity is always a fight. And sometimes you're maybe you know just going through the motions but at least you put in time right right? you think you're not going to get a result you're going to get a result and if not try it try it a 30 minute session every single day mark it off you miss some do it do do, double up the next day right so you do that and every after three months you you put it down at least you can look at the paper and say you know what at least to myself i'm doing something yeah absolutely right so but uh, I think we should wrap up. I think we're getting to how, how much yeah. how much time because you know that I came. Hour and we're at, what, yeah, me and Alex been here since seven, so y'all lost. <laughs> we didn't start y'all at seven. Lost. What time we started did you, before eight? What time so. did you guys start? I think before we started eight. yeah before eight. We're at nine forty, so at least an hour. It, so we got we got an hour and thirty. We got an hour and forty. We got we got well. He's gonna cut ten minutes out from when I came in. You are. What did you guys? What did you talk about? Did we just, I just, we just made coffee. Stood yeah. at the snack bar. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't stop. I just stood it. at. I just uh, kept it going. We could keep that in there, but I, mean, I just stood we'll at. Probably cut this discussion right here yeah. too. You no, know, I just stood at Zainab's calorie uh, calorie bar. <laughs> I wonder if people like East, these discussions, East, like the side listen, conversations, like when you guys walked in and we started. Some of it, after, it some of it, because when I turn on ESPN radio, yeah, too much they're just just yapping for noise. nothing. But they're not interesting. I think our uh, <laughs> I think true. our signal to noise ratio is pretty good. No, that's you know? good. Yeah. By the way, three, two, one. Keep this part in. Tune in next week when I tell you why Islamophobia is a terrible word. Oh, <laughs> I'm totally. I've always hated that word. I, I have a. I have a. Well, we'll save it for the. Oh, you expect yeah, a, we'll, you, we'll you expect your enemies to like you? I, I, I don't I get need, that. I need about five or ten minutes, right. which okay, probably good. means fifteen. Yeah, I'll give you twenty-five. There was also a discussion <laughs> one time. We said that you wanted to talk about community, right? And we want to talk about the different ways people perceive community, mm. and that's one of the discussions. Oh, another thing, someone is book reviews. Oh, okay. 
I'm gonna need Alex. Alex gonna need to. I was gonna need a season for that. I'm get the young guys to do the book reviews. I gotta read books now. First, we have to get people to read the book. Let's start assigning books to like Ali and those guys. Yeah, we we should. You ever seen like those like thug notes summaries of books? Thug notes are hilarious, man. We should do like our version of, but not thug notes. We'll do like ilm notes. You know thug notes? Yeah, I've seen. The guy is funny, man. I think it would be hilarious if we took Orientalist texts and went through them. Yeah. Besides that, he, <laughs> when he's, he, if he didn't had curse so much, right? Uh, I was telling my wife who teaches, I was like, why don't you share this with your students? This yeah. is hilarious. Yeah. Well, he curses too much, though. Yeah. By the way, if if we start doing Orientalist text reviews, yeah. I'm gonna be that guy. Yeah. So, yeah. No, <laughs> he he will turn into thug nose. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you that case. guy. I bet you that guy is like a brown graduate or something. Probably. And that's actually he's a smart. He's a smart guy. Yeah, he's sure. a smart guy. Um, he's, he's, so, it's for listen. comedic effect. You know? Yeah, but it's actually really useful. I'm sure. And it's funny. If you take nothing else away from this podcast, obey the Sharia, don't be alone with people of the opposite sex. Understand that all the that all of the rules of the Sharia regarding gender interaction are for the protection of women. Almost like 99.9% of it is to protect women. And uh do your dhikr while you're on your commute or on your treadmill. Mm-hmm. And anything that you do regularly combine it with dhikr and then it won't be an additional burden and in fact you'll bring you get that a one lot two of punch. You, yeah, mm-hmm. and it your commute will go more quickly, and you'll find more benefit in your day after that. And start recording your out your time. Yeah, and when you record things, you you pr- you progress. When you oh, don't yeah. record things, you don't progress. Put also, it yeah. pen to paper. I mean, on people it. count their calories. They count their calories. Yeah. And, you know, counting your yeah. your time and and count your thicker, right? Yeah. Yeah. If you do a lot of thicker, you also learn <laughs> really cool ways to count on your knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> you'll figure them out. Yeah, yeah. You'll be proud of I, you'll I, be have another, I have another smart. <laughs> I have another smartphone tip as well. You know, when Japanese I, people like commit suicide. Oh, it's seppuku. Seppuku. Sudoku is that math thing. It's not like whole. Never mind. <laughs> Anyways, I have another smartphone tip as well. One thing I, I started doing for the past couple of weeks now um, helps a lot. Just keeping me focused. Turn off your notifications. That might sound mm. crazy, uh, but uh, all was, my notifications are muted. Yeah. So I mean, I turned off all notifications. I still have everything on my phone, email, almost everything. Uh, I took uh, social media. I have like Instagram still on there, but I, I all notifications, badges. Yeah. Pings, rings, everything off, just yeah. off. I, I can testify that this has yeah. been my default yeah. for the last yeah. like two years. The only thing that I, I have like a couple of chats that I and if you think you're gonna miss something, yeah. you're not. I have if like what? if you're gonna if you think you're gonna miss oh, something, yeah, you're yeah. not. I have four or five different email accounts. I mean, I check them, you know, whenever I just schedule like okay, yeah. in work hours you check, you know, otherwise everything is off. There's a, another pointer if people like want uh, to temporarily or whatever. Uh, be less like interested in the phone. There's going gray. Make your phone grayscale. Oh, black and yeah. white. Yeah, like grayscale. Yeah. Does that help? They say it's like it makes it less interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Less interesting. Less interesting. <laughs> yeah. So so you don't spend unnecessary. Like, like your brain is not desirous to, to of. Me, it. I think once, to me this stuff yeah. is. You know why this is hilarious? Because it's. Like we're we're introducing things to prevent us from using something that we ourselves chose to use. It's yeah. like it's like but, hilarious. No, 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 you know what it is? So funny. I'll I tell you exactly <laughs> what it is. It's like in the 1960s when they introduced filters on cigarettes, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, oh exactly. no, this one has a filter, yeah, and this yeah, one has exactly. Yeah, well, just don't do so yeah, yeah, No, no, no. But I, I, I like Dr. Shadi, you quit. Yeah. I think <laughs> I think it's a little bit different than that. Yeah. Like, I mean, now, like, there's no way I can't. 
I can't yeah, I mean, have a, a psychological right? hold. Right? It's almost like it's, I don't know. I I mean maybe not. Maybe you need it for business or something. I can get away with not having it except for navigation. Yeah. So like I mean, and I know many people you know use their phones for work or business or whatever. So I mean, it might not, especially yeah. if you're an Instagram blogger or whatever. Well, <laughs> honestly, if it wasn't for if it wasn't for navigation, like that GPS, not at all. I'd be fine. Well, because I don't have anything. Yeah. I took off all my all my uh, well, social media. I actually have to go on like the website for Twitter. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, well, that's a, and the only other annoying. reason I would need a smartphone is to play video games, which yeah. what I don't. But that's so, okay. Yeah. So I don't need it for anything else. <laughs> All right, let's yeah. wrap this up. I got to yeah. clock out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, you got to be at Verizon Sad, tomorrow Sad, morning. Sad was here on time, so. He was. More time yeah, exactly. Right, guys. Nobody can talk right, All right now. Thank you, every. Thank you so much, everyone. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi Man.